Whatever you're listening to this on right now, it's almost certainly got a Wi-Fi chip in it. It's almost certainly using something called WPA2, a security method that provides data protection and network control. Essentially, when you use Wi-Fi, you are sending information flying through the air between your device and your router. And WPA2 is the encryption that makes sure all that data flying through the air is secure from anyone trying to watch. Secure enough for consumers sending credit card numbers. Secure enough for governments. Secure. And now that we've established just how secure that system is, it's October 2016 and a video pops up on YouTube. The video is four minutes long, narrated by a Belgian guy named Maddie Van Hoof. In the video, Maddie connects to Wi-Fi on an Android device, and he goes to Match.com. He then opens up the command line on a computer and starts to force the random number used in the Wi-Fi encryption to reset over and over again until he's able to parse out. I'm not going to pretend to understand what he's doing, but I understand what he achieves. At the end of the video, Maddie goes to log into Match.com on his Android device. He types in his username, types in his password, and he clicks login. And we watch. As the username and password he typed in on the phone appears on the screen of the laptop. We watch as he plucks that encrypted information out of the air and displays it in plain text right on his screen. We watch as he cuts through encryption seemingly secure enough for personal data and financial information and government documents in four minutes flat. The discovery was named Key Reinstallation Attack or Crack. There was a bunch of press coverage of Cracked with a K. People got scared. Cracked with a K was patched. All was well. Until just this week, when another video went up introducing us to something called Crook. You might notice this episode is coming out much sooner than our normal schedule. We're trying something new here. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about Crook, how it works, what it means, and where it's going. Here on, let's call it a hacked news update. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan has just uh, propped a mic stand against another mic stand because one is, uh, he broke one probably in a drunken fury. I am a professional and I will not dignify these spurious accusations. <laughs> All right, so I sit down on my laptop. I connect to Wi-Fi. I go to wikipedia.com or whatever. What's happening in the air between the router and my laptop? Sure. So let's just not talk about um, HTTPS encryption. Let's just pretend that the entire internet doesn't have any kind of encryption on it. Just use that as a starting block. That's an easy way to start. Between your computer and the Wi-Fi router, what's happened is 
you've logged in to the Wi-Fi. You know, we've all had to do that process. Essentially, the Wi-Fi router and your your computer kind of go through this handshake process where they pass keys back and forth that allow them to encrypt data to send back and forth between each other so that nobody else can kind of see what's going on. Right. So I log into the Wi-Fi in my apartment. I can see 10 other Wi-Fi networks, but I obviously can't log into them because they don't have the password. But I also can't just sort of grab that data that's flying through the air out of the air because it's encrypted during this handshake process. Yeah, yeah. So, so like going back to our like Wi-Fi episode in our kind of original season, um, the data traffic is typically encrypted. So WPA2, uh, personal and enterprise, are the most common kind of uh, Wi-Fi encryption algorithms. And what they do is they create an encryption key set between your device and the Wi-Fi router so that nobody else can really see that data. Why is this called Crook. The reason it's called Crook, K-R-0-0-K, is uh, similar to crack. What's happening is is when my laptop, say, and the Wi-Fi router, you know, create a set of keys, they're these unique kind of like long string um, encryption keys. But what happens is, is that if my laptop ever disassociates from the Wi-Fi router... The default protocol is that the keys get replaced with just zeros, hence the KR00K, um, which isn't that big a deal. It's kind of a good thing that it does that, except for that all of the remaining packets in the transmission queue send out with this kind of new key set. So they send out over this essentially unencrypted channel. So you're trying to keep the the network in this disassociated state. So the packets that are in the queue, they're kind of flying through the air, are... You know, they're, they're decryptable, basically. You could kind of extend it to that because what you can do is you can actually force the disassociations. So my laptop will constantly be trying to reassociate with the Wi-Fi router, and then you just keep forcing the disassociation. So you can actually send a deauthentication packet. There's a whole suite of uh, tools that let you kind of manipulate Wi-Fi traffic and listen to Wi-Fi traffic. Uh, Aircrack is the like suite of tools. And... That doesn't let you stretch the window out, but can let you just kind of keep disassociating a device, resetting the key set, allowing you to read most of the packets. Is that difficult? I could probably do it in like 30 minutes. Really? Yeah, it's not too crazy. Oh, interesting. Is this a thing that the average person would need to worry about, or is this are there easier ways to get the traffic that's going from a person's no, computer? No, there's probably not an easier way. It's not super complicated, but... Uh, You'd have to really be a target. Somebody would really want to see your data. It's not like it's you roll into a Starbucks and you pull out your phone and connect to the router and you know somebody's looking at everyone's traffic. They have to identify you, figure out what the address of your phone is, you know, force the disassociation, read the packets in. Like it's, it's not something that you can do in mass scale. This is much more of a targeted attack. Mm-hmm. This is a vulnerability in the Wi-Fi chips specifically, like the Broadcom and the Cypress chips. Um, is this the kind of thing where they just they release an update and this problem vanishes? Yeah, theoretically they should be able to, but the problem is that it's not the chip maker that probably has to release the update. It then has to trickle through every you know hardware provider. So everything you have that has one of these chips in it is probably going to need a firmware update. So you know it's not just you know Cypress. It's the 30,000 companies that make something with a Cypress chip in it. Right. Amazon hasn't updated their Echo yet to have a firmware update that addresses Crook. Therefore, it's still vulnerable to it. Yeah. 
interesting. So this is the kind of thing where it's like the person you want to be looking, the person you're kind of holding responsible is the technology manufacturer who either has or hasn't released a firmware update that addresses this. Yeah, likely. I, I'm sure they will be, and especially the major ones like Amazon, I can I can foresee them coming out with solutions to this, especially seeing as, you know, over their bandwidth channels, they have things running like, you know, what people are asking Alexa and, you know, other personal recordings of what we're saying in our homes. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I'm sure there is probably, you know, come to think of it again, there probably is a way to do it in a mass scale. And that would be very complicated. Like when I said it was very targeted, I'm sure you could write something that kind of monitors all of the air traffic around you and then sends deauth and disassociation attacks at everybody and then kind of bulk wholesale reads in all of that data. That would be much more complicated, but you probably could do that on second thought. Right. That state, that zero state crook with the two O's, you could just create that state on, say, a, a network that's being used by tons and tons of people, and you'd be able to see all of that traffic. Yeah, you'd, it'd be a nightmare for the Wi-Fi router because you'd just constantly be bouncing people off of it, but and then reconnecting and just kind of constantly dumping transmission uh, buffers or queues of, of packet data in an unencrypted or essentially unencrypted state. So yeah, you could probably... Probably write a very complicated script and have a very complicated, you know, kind of device and sit and scrub a whole Wi-Fi network if you really wanted to. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why are people researching for these? Like, I understand a hacker going looking for one of these vulnerabilities because then, essentially, you could do something with it. You could deploy a hack with it. Um, why are people going and digging for these kind of mistakes? I guess uh, for these vulnerabilities, uh, and then publishing them in YouTube videos and white paper reports for all the world to see. Yeah, because it's a job now. Like uh, security research, bug bounty, all that whole kind of suite of. Um, security testing at the development level is like a, you know, that's a profession. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, in the last episode where, you know, people don't intentionally create insecurity. They're intentionally trying to create a product or service. And by focusing solely on the output goal, they ignore some things that create insecurity. So there's an entire industry forming kind of in its wake coming afterwards, looking to clean up and patch those insecurities. I think that's how this bug was determined is literally one of these groups I believe was looking at an Amazon Echo and they happened to reproduce a similar state to the the crack problem in that 
Wi-Fi chip, and they were like, holy, it still exists. You talk about like move fast and break things, and kind of makes sense there'd be a whole cottage industry that would come along and be like, we're going to trail behind you and fix things. Yeah, and if you're really good at it, like if you have that skill set and you know to logically rip down where the vulnerabilities could be and test for them and isolate them, you can make a pretty significant amount of money. Hmm. This is an interesting hack and a vulnerability that affects billions and billions of devices, but generally speaking, do people need to worry about something like this? Or is it more interesting as in like an intellectual academic sense? This isn't something that's going to stop me from using Wi-Fi. You know, I don't think there's... Most of the services that we use and that I depend on have a secondary layer of encryption. So even if they are sniffing my raw packets, those packets are encrypted anyway. So then we get into the requirement to do man-in-the-middle attacks and bypass security checks for man-in-the-middle attacks and all the rest of that jazz. So it's not something that I'm particularly worried about. Right. So It brings us back to the thing that we weren't bringing up in this, which is HTTPS, which is that even if yeah. that packet is unencrypted, your traffic itself in the packet is encrypted? Yeah. So like uh, HTTPS is a web protocol that encrypts your back-and-forth traffic between a web server and your web browser. So most of what I do on the internet is web-associated. So it's all through that kind of HTTPS tunnel. So it's encrypted. Like HTTPS is now the standard rather than the alternative. So most significant web traffic, anything important on the internet is going to be HTTPS. So why is this important? Why is it getting so much coverage? Because it's like universal in a chip. It's a hardware problem. This isn't like a small line of code that needs to be changed. This is, you know, a, a security issue that comes about in a chip that's so widely used. A chip that's probably on the device that people are listening to this on. Yeah, it's literally in my phone. everybody. Thanks for listening to this little experiment. Uh, if you liked getting this kind of a news update in between episodes, if this worked for you, or if you've got any feedback at all, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hacked Podcast or reach us via email at get at hackedpodcast.com. We genuinely want all the feedback we can possibly be getting to make this show as good as it can be. As always, like and subscribe. And if you do like the show, check us out at patreon.com slash hackedpodcast. Uh, thanks for listening.